I'm Kyle Rice, awful test taker turned physical therapist and standardized test coach for over 5,000 physical therapists worldwide. It wasn't that long ago that I struggled with anxiety, lack of confidence, and the fear of failing the NPTE. Fast forward through the challenges, the 13 standardized test failures, and many lessons learned, and you'll see the life I have today, a life filled with love, financial freedom, and a dream job that allows me to change lives every single day. I created the NPTE Clinical Files podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies along with a step-by-step walkthrough of NPTE-based questions. All of this so that you can dominate your exam like I did and achieve your dream. So if you're a driven PT student who's looking to pass the NPTE and start creating a life you love, you're in the right place. Enjoy the show. For this week's clinical file, we have Jason, and Jason is being treated in inpatient physical therapy for a traumatic brain injury. The therapist has been training the patient on using a two-point gait pattern using a single-point cane. The patient demonstrates a clear understanding of the proper method and is able to perform the task freely in a quiet hallway. Which of the following is the best to improve the patient's retention of the skill? So we have A, open environment and randomized practice. B, closed environment and serial practice. C, open environment and serial practice. And D is closed environment blocked practice. All right, let's go up to the top of this question. For those of you who struggle with topics like TBI, you need to listen up, baby, especially if you're a PT student who feels like you're having difficulty gathering this information by yourself. You're studying alone. You're not able to absorb how to evaluate a patient with a TBI. You're having difficulty understanding the types of interventions that need to be provided to a patient at each level of the Ranchos Los Amigos. A lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If it's a Ranchos 1 or Ranchos 2, it's like, what should you be doing? If you're struggling with something like that, listen, you need to head right on over to the pthustle.com. I have a neuro lecture pack that goes into TBI, giving you exactly what you need to dominate the MPTE. All right, no fluff, no extra stuff, just straight to the point what you need to know. Save yourself hours, actually days of time, all right? www.thepthustle.com. All right, let's go up to the top of this question. I'm going to teach you what you need to know for the NPTE. It says, Jason is being treated in inpatient physical therapy for a traumatic brain injury. All right, again, one of the major areas we need to know for the NPTE, it doesn't talk to us about how the patient got the TBI, so it's not important. We just know that this patient has a brain injury. Now, it says the therapist has been training the patient on using a two-point gait pattern using a single-point cane. Pretty straightforward, all right? We know that a cane is an assistive device. A two-point gait pattern is one of the more advanced gait patterns, all right, out of the rest of them that are out there. It's moving the patient back to more of a normal gait pattern, two-point. So it's like you're heel striking with one foot, heel striking with the next. So that's one point, Two point. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm walking. I'm walking. All right. So if you need help with this, I definitely would suggest you go on Google, YouTube, and just look up two point gate pattern and see it for yourself. Okay. Now let's continue down the road. It says the patient demonstrates a clear understanding of the proper method. Stop. Hold on. I know that's not the end of the sentence, but it says the patient demonstrates a clear understanding of the proper method. It's like they know 
exactly what they should be doing. This is important for your notes right now. Now it does say the patient is able to perform the task, which is this two-point gay pattern using a single-point cane, freely in a quiet hallway. All right, so they understand this whole gait pattern. They can do it. They can actually do it without any problems, it sounds like, in a quiet hallway. This is very good information to keep in mind because we're going to need this to answer this question correctly. Now, the last sentence of the question also knows the question stem. It says, which of the following is the best to improve the patient's retention of the skill? Oh, keep that one in your back pocket, baby. Retention and acquisition are two different things. All right. Retention is the ability to really be taught an activity or a taught a specific task and then go through a period of not practicing it and still be able to do the task at a later date. That's retention. Acquisition is just the ability to do the task. All right. So here's the thing. The question's not asking us for acquisition. It says, which of the following is the best to improve a patient's retention of the skill? So not only do we need to know a little bit about TBI here, we need to know the different types of motor learning and then how we can improve motor learning. So for those of you on the podcast, let me go through the answer choices again. So we have A, open environment, randomized practice. B, closed environment, serial practice. C, open environment, serial practice. D is closed environment, block practice. All right. Now, before we dive into these answer choices, I want you to keep in mind that every single one of these answer choices has two parts to it. Both parts have to be correct in order for the answer to be correct. So keep that in mind. This is one of the tougher types of questions here. So A says open environment, randomized practice. So an open environment is where the patient or the subject, whatever, is going to be exposed to more stimuli. Visual stimuli like lighting, could be more people and more noise. An open environment is exposing the person to more stimulus. A closed environment is one that keeps that stimulus in check. There's not a lot of stimulus. An example of this would be like a quiet hallway. All right, that would be more of a closed environment. But wait a minute, isn't that what it says in the question? It says that the patient demonstrates a clear understanding of the proper method and is able to perform the task freely in a quiet hallway, is able to perform the task freely in a closed environment. So my question to you, do we want to do this task, this two-point gate pattern in an open environment now? Yes or no? The answer to that is yes. We don't want to just stay in the closed environment. The patient's already able to do that freely, no problems. So if we really want to improve this patient's retention of the skill, we want to start throwing some variables, some stimulus, some things that make it a little bit more difficult for the patient to perform the task. But the other pieces, we want to progress them. We don't want to keep them in the closed environment all day long. All right. So here's the thing. What we're going to do is we're going to like the first part of A, but the second part of A needs to be correct, okay? The second part says randomized practice. Let me ask you a quick question. 
Is this something that is going to improve the patient's retention? I see a lot of y'all saying yes for that. All right. Uh, Seeing some question marks about what the heck is randomized practice. Okay, hold on a minute. So there's different types of practices. There's block practice. There's serial practice. There's randomized practice. Okay. And randomized practice is when we randomize the tasks. So sometimes we're going to have the patient doing three different tasks, not just ambulating with the two-point gait pattern. It could be going up the stairs as another task or going from the wheelchair to the bed as another type of task, right? And so we randomize which one the patient's going to do next, and we keep flip-flopping it. We keep changing it up on the patient. I'm going to tell you right now, randomized practice is the best way to improve a patient's retention. Now, they might suffer and make a lot of errors in the beginning, but as far as retention, randomized practice is beautiful. So right now, I love A is the answer. Remember, A says open environment. Great. I love that. That'll improve the patient's retention and progress them. And I love randomized practice. That will definitely improve the patient's retention. All right. So put that down in your notes. A looks like a right answer, but hold on a minute. We got a few left. B says closed environment, serial practice. You know what? I'm going to throw this answer out right now. Why? Because I don't want to keep this patient in a closed environment. They can already do the closed environment freely, no problem. So let's go and throw that answer out already. So I'm going to go ahead and get rid of B, put an X next to it. Let's continue moving on. C says open environment, serial practice. I know a lot of y'all were between A and C. A and C are very similar. They both say open environment, but the difference here is C says serial practice. What the heck is serial practice? All right. So remember, I told you that there were three different types or major types of practices, blocked practice, serial practice, randomized. We already talked about randomized. Now, serial practice is, again, you may have three different types of tasks, But the patient is going to pretty much know exactly what's coming up next. Now, what's coming up next will be a different task, but the patient knows which one. So a lot of times you may see this written in your review book or your textbook as one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, because it's like, okay, we're going to do our two-point gate pattern with single-point cane. That's our number one task, right? Number one. And then after this, we're going to go from the wheelchair to the bed. That's our second task. And after that, we're going to go from the bed to the floor. That's the third task. And so we're going to do one, then the other, then the other, and then restart it again. One, two, three. One, two, three. That's called serial practice. Now, here's the thing. Is serial practice better for retention than randomized? The answer to that is no. I'd rather have randomized practice if I'm trying to improve retention. So right now, the best answer is still A. That's what I'm saying to you. Let's go ahead and get rid of C. Serial practice is great and all, but it's not the best for retention. Let's move to D. D says closed environment, block practice. You know, I'm going, I'm going to throw this answer out right now. I'm going to push it off the stage because it says closed environment. I don't want to keep the patient here. I know I need to progress them. It also says in that answer, blocked practice. And blocked practice is, again, another type of practice where you're doing more one, one, one 
222333. So I'm going to do all of the whole two point gate pattern, single point cane. I'm going to do multiple trials of the same thing. And then I'm going to switch to the task to something else and do that, you know, several times. And then I'm going to switch to another task to do that several times. We call that block practice. That's not good for retention. It's best for, does anybody know? Acquisition. There we go. Great, great, great. So guess what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to get rid of D because we don't want to keep this patient in the closed environment. And the question doesn't say what's the best way to improve acquisition. It says, what is the best to improve the patient's retention? So for those of y'all listening right now, what is our final answer? What's our best answer? It's A, open environment, randomized practice. Congratulations to those of you who got this question correct. This was a toughie. It was TBI. You need to know this for the amputee. I said, you know, mark my words. You need to know this condition, how to evaluate it, but also know how to put forth the right interventions depending on the patient's stage. Super important for you. Now, here's the other thing. If you want to really raise your MPTE score, here's a secret for you. You need to know motor learning. You need to know it well and how to improve a patient's retention and acquisition. What environments are going to be the best? What types of practice are going to be the best? There's different things, all right? Now, you could go take a look at this in your O'Sullivan Physical Rehab textbook. That's where I get a lot of my information. But if you're somebody who wants to be able to just be taught what you need to know instead of taking hours to learn all this by yourself, again, I say head on over to theptustle.com. I have a neuromuscular lecture pack that goes over the major stuff that you need to know. And I'm able to get you this information in a fraction of the time so you can actually have time to go out and go to the gym or spend time with family or, you know, the nice things in life. Okay. So go ahead, check that out. www.theptustle.com. And for those of you who are PT students preparing for your October or November MPTE, some of y'all are taking it in 2022. Listen, I got a free private Facebook group as well where every single Monday I'm helping students get structure on what they need to do to dramatically raise your score. All right. How can you get there? Again, it's absolutely free. It's on Facebook. Go to www.nptegroup.com. All right, we're ready for you. Lock it in, www.nptegroup.com. So whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Ghana, Overbreak, wherever you're at in podcast land, go into the show notes, click the link in there, and you can get it. Hi, this is Kyle, and thanks for downloading the podcast. I always enjoy spending this time with you, and I hope that you leave today feeling motivated and with a better understanding. Make sure to subscribe to get new mock NPTE questions each week. I deeply appreciate your support. It helps keep this mission going. And as I always say, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you next time.